Hello and welcome to the Messages and Methods Livecast Life 2.0 Livestream Podcast, hosted by Encore Entrepreneurs Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. We inspire excitement for content creation and marketing your brand and business while answering all your technology and digital marketing questions. We love to help you, our content creator friends, with actionable tips to land more clients, nurture leads, and gain trust as an expert in your industry. Chat with Shelley and Toby live every Thursday on YouTube or Facebook. Hello, and welcome to Messages and Methods. I'm your host, Shelley Carney. And I'm your other host, Toby Eunice. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we have a wonderful guest who's going to teach us all about remote teamwork. And uh, we'll be bringing her out in just a moment. Before we get done with that, I've got a couple of announcements for you. Number one, I'm going to turn on our banner, and I'm going to have to clear my throat. Uh, also, I would appreciate it. We would appreciate it before you leave today. You like our video. Share it with your family, your friends, your neighbors, your business associates, the entirety of your social network so that we can grow the channel. Finally, if you are not already a subscriber, this would be the ideal time to subscribe. And when you see that notifications bell, click on the notifications bell. And then it, oh, that way, every time we start a live stream, you'll be immediately informed. And as a result, in the know, I also want to remind you that the Super Chat light is lit. If you're watching and you'd like to make, you think it's so good, you want to make a contribution to our project, please click on the Super Chat button at the bottom of the uh, comments window and the good people at YouTube will walk you through that process. There's another option for those of you that are watching after the live stream. Underneath the screen, you'll see a heart with a dollar sign. It's called uh, Super Thanks. Super Thanks. So if you want to just say thank you for doing this uh, uh, for us uh, and our little project here, uh, you can click on that heart. And again, YouTube will walk you through the process of making a, a donation of any size up to $500. So feel free to do what you can. All right. All right. So let's introduce our guest, Mary. That's right. Our guest today uh, is... Mar Marianne Marian. Snow. I keep reading it as Marie, but it's Marianne Snow. At her Remote Nation Institute, she is rewriting the rules of leadership in this new age of remote, distributed, virtual, flexible work. Her experience operationalizing and optimizing flexible work programs is practical, real world, and results driven. Her new book, The Remote Work Handbook, just recently released, outlines Mary Ann's philosophy on the ground experience and pragmatic approach to building and leading successful, resilient teams in today's new, ever-changing workplace. Welcome, Mary Ann. So let's bring her into our remote working space. That's right. Yeah. We're doing this remote, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was going to say, this is the perfect venue for this conversation, right? It, it is exactly because we're big believers in the ability and how people can build businesses by never having to leave their, in, in some cases, their bedroom, you know? Right. Yeah. So welcome, Marianne. Thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate you being here. Let's start with uh, some straightforward ones. Tell us a little bit about your background, your origin story, and how you got to where you are. So I think I have one of the least um, uh, linear career paths possible. And um, maybe I'm a, a watchword of the day, right? Um, because I think that, um, you know, we're in a much more flexible place where um, people try different things and they take advantage of opportunities that are offered them uh, and really kind of the... Um, 
the context of their their career day, right? What it what kind of projects they get involved with, how they network. And it's a, a function of things like LinkedIn, um, uh, where suddenly you can have conversations with people all over the place. So um, I started very humble. Um, uh, I, I grew up in a, a very rural place, didn't have a lot of contact, read a lot of books, tried to think about a lot of things. And um, during my college years, um, really developed a love for working in um, service business, but with people um, in the education field, but, but um, found that that traditional education just wasn't for me, but followed a career path in um, corporate education, which has led me through um, many, many, many different uh, industries going from something relatively simple, like the local restaurant where I supplemented my income as a, as a teacher, waitressing and bartending, they found out I was an educator and asked me to, be, to become their training person, then um, parlayed that into um, managing large-scale education organizations and corporations, ended up in um, a situation where I built a global learning university for um, a, a financial service company that had to serve 28,000 people in 32 countries. And now um, I'm working on a project where I'm going to be putting things on the International Space Station. So um, wow. go figure. Wow. Lots uh, of things. And uh, so what is your so with all that, you know, all of that in your background, what is your primary business today? My primary business is a B2B consulting and education business where we work with organizations that have distributed teams. And those organizations can be quite small. We work with um, small nonprofits like the American Mathematical Society. And we work with very large national organizations like um, national insurance companies, or we work with international energy companies, international um, automobile companies. So it goes from quite small to quite large, but they have three things in common. One is um, they've got multiple locations. So they have um, employees, but those employees don't sit in the same place. The second thing that they have in common is they're very technology dependent, right? They're dependent on technology to connect. And the third is they're looking to the future. They're seeing the changes that are happening either in their industry or the potential with um, uh, some of the consumer changes or some of the, the possibilities of technology. And um, those are the people who are coming to us, asking us to help them really rethink the workplace and how it should function, um, how they can adapt and how they can differentiate themselves in uh, the current business environment. Shelley. Well, let's get some definitions into place a little bit. Um, so what are some of the pros and cons uh, for the employee of remote work and some of the pros and cons for the employer to remote work? 
I think, you know, um, one of the things that I'm often asked, Shelly, and I think that this is, you know, important. And Toby, you and Shelly and I work in the in the same world where we're connecting with people, building relationships mm -hmm. and, and actually um, leveraging our trained in um, new and innovative ways. And so one of the things that I always say to my clients is I always say, um, you know, remote work or not remote work has to be part of a larger business strategy. And so the one thing, Shelly, that I would say in terms of pro and cons is what are you trying to accomplish with your business and your business objectives? And then what kind of business model are you trying to build? What's happening in your industry? What's happening in your region? How comfortable are you with technology? Okay, is um, a, a distributed workforce, flexible work, a good business strategy for you? So um, pro and con from, a, from a, 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 an employer point of view has to do with really um, does it give you a business differentiator and does it give you more flexibility, maybe save you money, maybe it makes you an employer of choice, um, uh, or maybe it actually gives you an edge. Um, for an employee right now, I mean, think about it, folks. Um, last two and a half years, um, uh, the world has existed where folks who have largely never thought of themselves as a, a remote or distributed team kept the global economy going and um, did it in spite of the fact that uh, a good portion of the social systems weren't really working in and in place. And it was a big proof of concept um, of what was possible. They didn't have commutes um, uh, and they were doing it when it was hard. And, um, and so now they have an opportunity um, to discover what it's like to be home for a meal with their families, um, to not have to commute, um, to really kind of rethink about their um, uh, social con contacts, their, um, their professional um, framework in terms of, you know, where they want to do their work, because some people are are you know early morning people some people are later in the day people uh some people want to um, pick up their kids at the the bus stop at the end of the day some people want to do other things so it's that flexibility which really gives people a lot of opportunity to reconnect with families communities and um to do their best work at the best time for them you know, it's it's funny how you describe the differentiation. Shelley and I, of course, think about it from the context of uh, independent uh, entrepreneurs mm -hmm. serving their potential clients. But I have to tell you, so my life, and it may, I'm significantly older than you, but my life was the one and a half hour commute to downtown D.C., yep. work meetings all day long yep. uh, at locations at one and a half hour commute back. And then, and then if I you had time for dinner before soccer practice, then, you know, that's how it was. And you just accepted that my three youngest daughters who grew up in that environment early on discovered that they could work for companies that were more than willing to allow them to remote work remotely. And so they started building the technology into their lifestyles before the pandemic. Yep. And the pandemic was a employer solidifier. It was the employer that realized the only way to keep this business open 
and not kill everybody in the business from uh, COVID was to provide these remote. And now the three of the three youngest, the older ones, the older ones, not so much. Uh, But uh, now they work for companies that enable them the flexibility uh, to move wherever they want. And that's what they've done. They live where they want to live and make plans about moving to other places if they have to. Um, And in one case, uh, uh, my the oldest of the three works for a company in Ireland. So her day goes from, you know, six to two or something like that. And then she's over for the day and uh, she can focus on, on uh, the family. So um, it's just interesting how this new generation of folks, not as a result of the pandemic, but prior to the pandemic, were already behaving like that with their employers. And to me, I mean, I retired before that was a common feature. On the other hand, too, I was a sole proprietor. I was a single person business, so I didn't have, but I could think of all the travel time in in and around Washington I could have avoided by using uh, these tools that were just at the point at which I retired back in the late 2010s. Um, it, It was just becoming functionally proper to be able to hold a meeting, you know, online. And it was uncommon and independent on what they were doing. So let's go, uh, let's go. Oh. I'm a little frozen at the moment, oh. but I oh, still can still hear. hear. That's good. I can <laughs> hear, I can see, um, uh, and um, sorry about that. Um, it's okay, no worries. It'll, as long as we can hear. And see. As long as we can hear you and uh Let's start come. that cam again and see oh, if we're still going to. That's all right. You're just going to get to see my face and well, I'll yeah. be the voice behind the, behind, the, behind the screen. Proving once again that this technology <laughs> does have value no matter what. Uh, and what was interesting, of course, is I'm always looking at the camera so I, I can make connections. So it was Shelly that noticed, uh, noticed that we were frozen. Shelly? So uh, what types of businesses lend themselves as a really good uh, business for doing the remote work? And then what are some businesses that it just wouldn't work for? Well, I think um, the biggest thing I would say to you, Shelley, is is the businesses that it's going to work best for are um, businesses that are run by by, um, leaders who are willing to experiment with the models, right? Change the models. Because um, there are some distinct downsides in the sense that you're not going to be able to have all your talent sitting in the same place, which means um, uh, you are now going to have to learn how to lead differently, how to manage differently, how to operate your business differently, how to connect with your clients differently. Um, And that means that um, you're going to have to create an operating model, which allows you to be able to have accountability, um, uh, allows you to be able to have work processes, and uh, also um, team processes and a talent management system that um, uh, will support this kind of work because, you know, it's just different. Um, and, and I think it's important that we have a clear understanding that if you're going to adopt this kind of work, you got to give people the benefit of the doubt. The, you can't go into it with an assumption that, that um, you know, if you're out of sight, and that means you're not working as opposed to if you're out of sight i'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt because we've already talked about expectations we've already talked about 
um, what the responsibilities are. And as long as you meet those responsibilities, then um, what you do in between the time periods that we connect really um, uh, should be of no relevance, right? Because if I'm delivering on the goods, if I'm meeting expectations, those sorts of things. I also think that it's important that um, the types of businesses are expanding. And so uh, I appreciate that um, we work with healthcare because um, remember telemedicine got its um, you know foothold in um, the pandemic. So telemedicine is now reimbursed by insurers and um, this is now part of the landscape. We have restaurants um, uh, that are changing the way that they're doing things. And, you know, I walk through airports and um, people are ordering through kiosks as opposed to counter, right? Um, and so it's changing. Um, uh, I will tell you that um, the insurance company that I was, I was working with a national insurance company well before COVID, about two and a half years before COVID occurred, before 2020, because they were doing um, uh, office consolidations in um, parts of the country that for them um, uh, just didn't support financially a, a large office overhead. And um, during that two and a half years, we created those operating models that the company then used to send 4,000 people home during the COVID um, uh, lockdown, and they sent them home in less than three weeks. And they did it because we already had the models um, that had been tested out in pilots. So we already had all the materials. So we just scaled it. And to your point, Toby, with your, um, uh, your daughters and the way that they've been working, you know, appreciate that you know, accommodating a commute um, when gas is at $3, $4, $5, $8, whatever, you know, is asking a lot of folks in particular income brackets, minus all of the actual minutes that are spent away from family, from friends, from um, your home. So I think what's important, um, Shelley, when you're saying, you know, what businesses lend them, um, that's changing all the time. And I think, um, I, I, you know, I've worked with companies in many, many industries that are really rethinking what it means when um, you have a, a consumer base that's willing to buy a house online, sight unseen, that's willing to buy a car online sight unseen that's willing to you know um order everything to their doorstep then you know how does that really kind of shift mm -hmm. you know the world of um business and the world of work and so um i think it remains to be seen shelly exactly how this stuff gets used in a, a particular industry based on um uh, what a business leader is willing to test and try and adopt. You, you know, while you were speaking, I was thinking about the evolution of distributed 
operations, distributed businesses, and uh, how difficult it was to overcome each of the important uh, uh, blockages. So I, I go back to like, so the first big thing that enabled businesses to, distri to distribute themselves uh, in a comfortable way was the telephone, right? Yep. Whether it was yep. the regular landline or cellular telephone, then along came email, making yep. it a little bit more radio. <laughs> But I remember a period in which I was making the pitch for distributed databases or distributed database management yep. as a tool for handling distributed operations. The next big thing was the evolution of customer relationship management systems like Salesforce.com. Yep. And then, and of course, we had email that that whole time to support all of that. But then the other big thing that happened was the cloud, right? That yep. you could share documents, not having to email them or with the customer relationship. It could all be in the cloud and everybody had access. Yep. But I feel like what you're bringing to these companies now is the thing that uh, is most missing because there is no person I know who runs a company that doesn't desire the in intimacy of direct contact. Mm -hmm. So- Tell me a little bit about how your clients have evolved from the less intimate, intimate things like uh, telephone, email, CRM, distributed database, the cloud, to where they are now, where they, they can meet with any one of their any one or more of their employees with the with the click of a button, basically, is what it boils down to. How how are they changing? How are they? seeing how to use this instead of being afraid because i rem i also remember a period where if you mentioned like i want to start working at home and we'll just use the telephone and email that would make them management immediately nervous that that would spread like wildfire and suddenly they're not only managing distributed operations they're managing distributed employment how do you get them comfortable with the idea that your employees can be any place they want and you can still manage them Oh my God, you've asked so many good questions in that question. <laughs> Sorry. I, I am, not, I I am like, no, no, it is like you have just charted out, you know, the history of my life, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I, and I think what's really important here is, um, and I'm going to unpack some of the things that you were talking about, which is, you know, there was a point in time where um, uh, nobody thought that there would be desktops and um, and then there were and then there were things like PDAs. Right. You know, mm -hmm. those uh, Blackberries, God bless right. Blackberry, which, um, you know, dominated the market until it didn't until, right. you know, they had a, a leader that wouldn't shift. Right. And then Apple blows that apart. And now everybody has a cell phone and. Now we have a workplace where you can have five generations working together, right? Mm -hmm. And um, there will be people like us, you know, the three of us, Toby and Shelly and Marianne, who um, are of generations that um, are embracing technology, adopting technology, kind of making it work for us. But we also have lots of folks who um, fall into the category of, you know, um, this can't possibly work. You can't possibly do it. Right. And, um, you know, I, again, um, don't over romanticize the office because uh, the, the plain fact is, is that um, folks who were poor performers in an office can be poor performers at home. 
people who were um, great performers in an office can be great performers at home. And, you know, initially when I started this work, that was actually the selling point, right? You had to be in a company, you had to be an internal person, and you convinced your boss to let you do it because they loved you so much and you were so um, uh, reliable that um, you got them to do it as a pilot and then, um, you know, you proved the model and you kept quiet and didn't tell anybody because you didn't want to make waves, right? And then there was globalization. So now you work for an international company and um, suddenly you have not only, you know, before the cloud, it was offshoring and you're working with a team in India and you're working with a team in in China or Poland or, you know, wherever. I mean, pick your place. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, those of us who are engaged in that kind of work had to figure things out. And I think what's important to note is now we are in a workplace where um, we are hiring individuals who never have known a day without a cell phone, Mm -hmm. who text before they will take a phone call. Mm They'll do um, online banking um, before they will check their voicemails. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Desktop um, phones don't exist. And I had an intern last summer um, who, when I said to her, have you ever been to the post office? She said to me in sixth grade, my sixth grade (laughs) teacher took us to the post office, showed us what it was, made us send notes to myself. I flunked because I never got the postcard. Mm. (laughs) So it's like, you know, here's the reality, right? Um, And so part of this is what's your orientation towards um, uh, technology? What have you been exposed to? Part of it is um, what's your generational reality and um, your orientation toward technology, because appreciate that there's um, several generations of kids now who did homework with their friends over um, uh, the Internet. You have folks who, um, uh, you know, the percentage of people who are meeting their significant others online through technology, through apps is explosive. Mm -hmm. And so um, when you've got all that going on, when you're willing to, you know, bank online, buy goods online, meet um, uh, folks for a relationship online, um, you know, where does it um, reach a tipping point, which allows you to be able to start um, forming relationships differently? Honestly, Toby, I think um, the big tipping point societally was um, COVID because mm-hmm. think about how many people, how many people during the last couple of years were getting on to video meetings with colleagues that they had never, never ever, met. ever right met, um, uh, that they were seeing their homes, they were seeing their their kids, their families, their pets. We were suddenly intimate in ways that were extraordinary. And we were doing it with people that we had been working with for years, but we never talked about the personal stuff because, Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, quite frankly, Toby, personal was personal, professional was professional. That's right. 
And those boundaries, they loosened up for a small segment, but quite frankly, not for everyone. Mm -hmm. And yet everything has changed the last two and a half years. And we're not talking about a month. We're not talking about six months. We're not even talking about 12 months. We're talking about over two and a half years. And our stats tell us that people are going back into the office and staying in their offices and still meeting online in video chat instead of going to the conference room. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm going to turn it back over to Shelly here in a sec, but I wanted to say, um, I told a friend of mine, uh, we were talking business and I said, well, actually the pandemic, I don't say COVID because COVID is what kills us, but the pandemic conceptually was the best thing that happened to business. And the reason is it forced them to rethink their model uh, to incorporate all these new technologies that were, we didn't have to develop anything new. Some of it got better, but we didn't have to develop all these new technologies. They were there. They were just terribly underutilized. I remember Zoom making consistent pitches to businesses about how this could change your business. And suddenly Zoom is the most important product your company uh, can own in light of the pandemic. One more story. I should, I'm just one more. So I get all my uh, health care. I get all my health care through the Veterans Administration. Yeah. And so, and they make appointments. Yeah. Big, big adopter. Yeah, well, um, because now a lot of my appointments over the, over the period of the pandemic, a lot of my appointments were via uh, Zoom calls. Yep. But uh, I get a lot of wait time. Not a lot. I shouldn't say that. I go early. So I'm always waiting. I'm always sitting next to another vet who's about my age. We start talking and invariably you get to talk about, so what are you doing now? Right. Because we're all, we tend to be in that retirement age and I'll listen to them very politely about what they're doing and playing shuffleboard and, you know, learning to ride a bike or whatever. And then they'll say, what do you do? And I start the thing. And the last time I did that story, it was a, a gentleman, literally Vietnam veteran like me, bearded, gray beard. Right. And uh, so he said, so what, what are you doing? And I went through it. You know, my partner and I are building a business about life. Blah, 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 blah. And he looked at me for about 10 seconds after I finished. He said, I don't think I understood a damn thing you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my generation. That's, that's my generation. So, so that's and, why we, that's yet, why we love coaching. Here, Tommy, and, that, and yet we are having this conversation. So, and, you know, exceptions to every rule, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Shelly? That's right. So I would like to know uh, for our audience, for me, for my family, for everybody who's interested, how do we prepare to become a remote employee who stands out and gets hired? And what are remote employers looking for? So, um, you know, we, and we, uh, and I um, spent a lot of time in the, in my book, um, uh, the remote work handbook, uh, really talking about remote work business models, because I think what's really important, um, Shelley, is that if you want to um, gain a foothold in the remote work economy, then um, part of it is recognizing employers who are ahead of the curve on this. So uh, I can tell you that, that there are large institutions that are really kind of rethinking and you can have um, folks like an Elon Musk you know, proclaiming that they're going to get everybody back to the office. But, you know, what what really happened was he got a lot of Twitter chatter. But then about a week later, he reneged and told everybody that they could have flexibility because his 
real critical engineers are like, fine, then we're leaving. And um, he couldn't afford that. So um, a part of it is to educate yourself about an institution and find out um, from those institutions what their flexible work policies are. And you're going to find that more and more and more um, uh, organizations are rethinking this because they're getting forced into it. The second thing that I would say to you is, um, you know, appreciate that, um, you know, as you're going into an organization, just like with any organization, even, even if you show up, um, you know, do your homework, prepare yourself, you know, what are my roles and responsibilities, get those definitions, don't make assumptions, and make sure that you are meeting with your um, bosses, supervisors, and your peers to really have a candid conversation about things like boundaries. What are your expectations? You know, when, if I, um, you know, choose to take from noon to 1.30 off to go to the gym, is this going to be okay? You know, um, how do you communicate in this team? Where do we find our, um, uh, uh, our, dependencies and interdependencies? Are we working on off of project plans? How do we share files? Ask a million, a million questions. And then um, just like in any um, institution and organization, how do you um, create visibility for yourself in any profession, even in an office, you're still gonna have to network. And how do you build those networks? What kind of networks do you build? And how do you start to um, build your reputation as a trustworthy colleague slash uh, team member? Well, part of it is showing up, doing what you say you're going to do, you know, um, showing values, having good work ethic, you know, those sorts of things. And having um, clarity about the fact that you are going to have to notify people as you progress on projects and share information because people are not going to see it. You, you're going to have to create transparency about the work you do. You know, I'm going to I'm going to throw in some additional advice uh, to that because the expectation is that uh, if you if you're looking for work or if someone's looking for you and the expectation is that you're going to be doing this remotely as is more often than not the case, spend a little time on ensuring that how you look on their screen is good. Uh, camera at eye level, lighting from behind the camera, plain backgrounds or backgrounds that are at least neat and tidy without background. Like start thinking about how you're going to look to the person that's reaching out to you um, when they're seeing you on their screen, uh, because it's just as important. And make sure you're not disheveled, make sure you're well-dressed and you've at least uh, spent some time uh, combing your hair. So, um, so we know from our experiences, there are some businesses that slid right into this concept of remote work and some that didn't. And we know that the ones that did tend to be more advanced technologically anyway and have adopted the distributed model and are comfortable with it. What are some of the characteristics of companies that don't seem to fit well into this model? I think um, 
um, I will tell you that um, some of the folks who are struggling with it most are um, folks that are very dependent on hierarchy, right? Um, I'm mm -hmm. finding that my legal clients are struggling with it quite a bit. Wow. Uh, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, forceful personalities in mm -hmm. those types of um, professions. Uh, I will tell you that um, professions like real estate, where um, it, it's a sales-driven organization, and previous to, to the to your point, um, which is very valid, the, the pandemic as opposed to COVID, but the pandemic, previous to pandemic, real estate people relied on um, their physical presence with someone, mm -hmm. the proximity to with someone, and so um, creating a relationship like we're doing right now, having a conversation, doing it um, in a different framework. Um, uh, these folks are um, kind of struggling. I, I will, and what's really interesting is, you know, there are a lot of people who did events beforehand, um, uh, physical events beforehand. And yet I will tell you that um, there were some very smart event planners that really figured out how to create virtual event venues around um, uh, particular niche areas who have found a, a real advantage and have been quite profitable. So, you know, those folks who are saying, no, no, we must be in person in order to be able to to ply our trades or to convince people and persuade people. if if we don't move away from the idea that only physical proximity will allow us to do that, um, whether we're talking about teaching a workshop or whether we're talking about running an event or whether we're talking about um, managing a legal transaction, if we don't move away from the, the, the folks who are having a hard time moving away from that are um, gonna be the folks who really kind of struggle when um, those of us who have a broader reach because we're more comfortable in these mm -hmm. frameworks, um, uh, we're going to take the business because eventually somebody's going to say, I, I just don't want to, I don't want to spend um, two hours of my day having coffee with you. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to get in my car. I don't want to have to drive there. Um, I, I don't want to have to, um, take the time out of my schedule because I can use those minutes differently. Very nice. So um, Shelly pointed out that you have a handbook, a remote work handbook coming out. It just uh, came out. Actually, or it just came yeah. out. Uh, um, September 13th, um, we um, hit the market this week and uh, the book has hit the number one uh, bestseller spot on Amazon in three separate categories. We're listed as the number one new release in business management, but also number one bestseller in business management and human resources and also in, um, in uh, quality control of all things. So quality control folks are definitely, um, you know, someone uh, that needs something like this, because if you want accountability, then um, making sure that you've got a good framework is definitely going to be helpful to you. Absolutely. So, yeah. 
So you so have a framework a outlined in your book. Is that what you're saying? We've got actually an operational framework from start to finish. It's a it's a DIY do-it-yourself opportunity to be able to relook at your business model, think about um, different ways to insert flexible um, uh, or distributed or remote teamwork into your into your operation. And then we walk you through the process and we look at every single aspect of that operating model. So it's available in Kindle version as well? Kindle version is launching next Monday. Okay. All right. Oh, I see. That's right. You can't get to it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Paperback so, um, uh, launched on Tuesday of this week on the 13th. And um, uh, we are really excited uh, at its reception and how much um, uh, people have been responding positively. Well, book publishing is as its own set of rewards because it compiles, you know, the knowledge that you've acquired over the years that you've been practicing your expertise. Do you have other books that we can mention? We also do a, um, a series of hack books, 30 hacks, um, uh, 30 hacks for remote work, for uh, engaging remote teams, and uh, also for getting your own remote work job. Um, and we sell those um, through the Remote Nation Institute, which is our learning organization. So, right. um, Yep. Um, you've got our remote nation, which is our e-commerce site. We've got um, consumer goods, accessories, and um, uh, equipment for folks who are working online, just acknowledging um, folks who are working in this environment. We've got um, our, um, our remote our remote um, nation institute, which has certificate programs for folks who are working in these types of environments. Um, we have our Sophia website. Uh, our Sophia website is our business to business consulting site because if folks want to adopt this kind of work and they need help with assessing their current organization and really kind of thinking about how to to integrate flexible work into their existing operation will be here and will be ready to help. Wow. So a lot of things. We should get some of these motif modular furniture so that Motel. if you're like what? Motel. Motel. Oh boy. Excuse yeah, it's me. a it's um uh it's actually a modal. Um a it's mobile. A, a mobile tile system. And you put it together, Shelly, like um, uh, you put it together mm -hmm. just like um, building blocks, like little Lego set. And um, it's just 13 pounds and it has a, a cute little handbag. So you can tuck it away in its bag when you're not using it and just pop it into the closet and just pull it out when you need it. There it is. Yeah. So I have can, a pop-up green screen that kind of separates me from the rest of my <laughs> room so people don't see the junk behind me. <laughs> yeah, and I appreciate that very much. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, um, there's lots of options, and for some folks, um, putting up an electronic option has been very, very helpful. Um, we find that... Um, Depending on where you're located, using a modal screen is actually 
really, really helpful and gives you a professional, really a professional backdrop for yourself. All right. So Toby had to order some things this week. And uh, of course, the only time they could bring them was during the live show. Uh, obviously, <laughs> you know, we we're on the show for a whole hour a week and that's when they have to make all the deliveries. So that's another fun thing about working remotely. <laughs> you, know, but, you know, I would say that, you know, to a certain extent that's existed as long as you know it happens in an office right you get you get distracted in an office so i think it's just more of a question of think about it as work life integration and i think that's healthier i think it's healthier because i think it um allows us to be able to be whole people instead of professional um in one setting and personal in another setting why can't we be both in all the settings that we exist, right? Yeah. And just because um, someone's puppy is on their lap or they've got a, a young one um, dropping in for a visit doesn't um, take away from someone's professionalism as long as they're meeting those those expectations and living up to um, uh, the job responsibilities that they've been charged with. So uh, I'm I'm hoping that you guys had a chance to get through all the websites. Yeah, we we talked about them. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, so I apologize for the interruption. I was having delivery that required a signature, and uh, and he forgot the box that had that required the signature. So it was a two trip effort. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I was going to tell our audience that all the links to um, uh, Marianne's Marianne. sites are going to be in the description yeah. box below, so you have access to them. Also, we'll put the link. Uh, her LinkedIn account address in there. So if you want to connect with her on LinkedIn, uh, you can do that via her uh, account. So. Okay. Yeah. And I think, it. you know, you know, one of the things I want to say to, to everybody out there. Um, and I think the three of us are really kind of living examples of this is, you know, um, it's not a black or white. It's not a, do you have it or don't you have it? Mm -hmm. It is really about assessing your business and also the, the context that we live in today and really kind of thinking about what's right for you and then building the business model that is going to deliver on what your business objectives are. And so if we can move people away from the, it either has to, um, everybody has to be in an office or um, mm -hmm. uh, everybody has to be out of an office you know, um, how do we actually think about work differently? Who says that it has to be nine to five, you know? So every, we were talking about this, uh, last night, uh, you probably get them as well. I, I get once a week, maybe sometimes twice, I get a list of, uh, uh job opportunities from LinkedIn. And I'm going to guess that anywhere from one half to 60% of them advise you it's remote work. So companies are hiring, you know, they're even thinking of this in terms of hiring. Some require you still to be uh, at the location, but for the most part, companies are ex expecting the idea that if you want uh, a broader range of um, uh, applicants and you're willing to work with them in a way that enables them not to change 
you know, their entire lives by moving someplace across the country, you're going to get a lot more applicants and you're going to get a lot better applicants when you adopt the idea that most of the young applicants, and what I mean by young is under 40, most of the applicants that you're going to be dealing with under 40 will have a certain amount of expectation for at least partial remote work. Uh, if not if not completely remote. So I think business people should start adopting the idea that this is the nature of business post-pandemic. Uh, if we are post-pandemic, I'm not even sure we are, but but it's it's how they think. Um, and and I'm, I'll tell you another story. My son-in-law was the chief technology officer of a business he and two others founded. He just recently left them to take a, a job with a company, he's in South Carolina. He took a job with a firm uh, in North Carolina as a chief technology officer, and it was remote. He didn't have to leave his house and his family, or ex except for you know the occasional once every two months meeting with the uh, 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 the uh, officers. So it's perfectly normal to look for jobs where you can wrote remote work remotely, and with the consideration that you have to be able to do it. It doesn't require any less rigor than commuting an hour and a half, working straight hours, eight hours, and, and commuting back an hour and a half. It's still the same kind of rigor, and you have to commit to that rigor in order to be successful. Otherwise, it falls apart. You're going to get behind, and it, and it does happen. So I'm sure you, you have know, that experience as well. Um, I'll, I'll, do we, if we have time for one more quick, absolutely quick um, uh, story, very dear friend of mine. So I'm based in Providence, Rhode Island, um, mm -hmm. in the New England snow belt, right? Um, and I'm very dear friends who uh, were, at, you know, at reaching their early sixties and just were tired of the snow, tired of the snow, tired of the commute, tired of, you know, the dark days, all of mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. And he was, he was going to quit his job and he was a, a highly valued employee in his organization. And they suggested to him, how about if we try remote? And he was very dubious at first, um, uh, but he had good technical skills he and his wife moved down to the Carolinas um, to a new development that was going in down in the Carolinas. So lower cost of living, um, uh, climate more to his liking. He set up a home office and about six months in, he said to me, you know, I thought I hated my job. And what I really hated was my commute. And mm -hmm. I really loved my job. I loved mm -hmm. my profession. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, the neighborhood that they moved in to um, uh, turned out to be a haven for remote professionals. And every single one of the neighbors in their particular development were in the exact same spot he was in. Um, and they were moving from different locations to a place they wanted to live and they were plying their trades and doing it in a way that worked for them. You know, that that actually describes my daughter Ryan's location. She's in Pleasantville, Pleasant, Mount Point Pleasant. Uh, something South, pleasant. Something pleasant, South Carolina. <laughs> it's a new, it's a it's a new community. They picked it expressly because of the weather and the schools and things like that. 
And they were moving away from Washington, D.C., which was the place that you stay if you want to make sure that you have a good job. And when she told me about it, my first reaction was, whoa, this is going to be very different. She said, we've already got it worked out. The companies, both of our companies are willing to allow us to remote work. But when she got down there, she discovered that a lot of the people that she was meeting at the swimming pool were the same kinds of families where they had left the run around in New York or Washington or Philadelphia and move down there and are all working remotely and driving around in their golf carts, which I think is just funny. (laughs) So well, it's a golf cart. It's one of those golf cart communities. I mean, yeah, they do have cars, but dropping the kids off at school in the golf cart is a completely new experience. So So before we go, uh, I wanted to give you the opportunity. Any last thoughts or how can people reach out? To tell, tell us, uh, tell our audience how they can uh, reach out to you. Yeah. And my last thought is, you know, question everything um, uh, that you know right at this particular point in time, because um, who knew that we were going to be in a situation where we would have handheld computers, which would allow us to be able to run our lives mm-hmm. from something that would sit in our pocket. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, and. In 2009, the iPhone didn't exist, right? Or was just coming onto the market. So look at how fast that's happened. So question, um, and um, uh, look at everything with a with an open mind, because you know it, it's not good or bad. Uh, it, it's how it's applied, and it's how you approach it. And then um, people can reach out to us. Um, you know, you can find me right on LinkedIn. Uh, it's a great platform to be able to reach out. I'm very open to conversations with anybody who has questions. And um, please, please, uh, Sophia, S-O-P-H-A-Y-A.com, uh, the Remote Nation Institute. Uh, you know, look us up online. Um We are working hard, folks, to give you the skills that you need, to give you the the practical um, frameworks for being able to approach this new type of work environment and set you up for good success. Thank you so much, Toby and Shelly. It's been an absolute pleasure having a conversation with you. I love the conversation and we're very excited for its potential. Uh, One last thing I wanted to add, two last things. Number one, all those links that Marianne mentioned will be in the description box below. And um, for those of you that feel like there's some sort of technological intimidation, don't be afraid. You can start with, you can start with your laptop and your earbuds and work, work from there. That gives you the capacity to start this and try it out with your family, friends, uh, some of your business associates to begin with, uh, see how it works out for you, and then start making improvements. And uh, we should let you know that Shelly and I offer a uh, one-hour free consultation on anybody for anyone that's trying to step into this technology and has some questions about it. It's free. It's one hour, and you'll find the link uh, to make an appointment uh, scrolling across the description box below. All right. Shelly, last words? That's all I have for today. We want to thank Marianne Snow for joining us to talk about her new book and talk about uh, remote teamwork with us. And uh, next week, we'll be entertaining another guest. So I hope you'll join us for that on Messages and Methods. So uh, Shelly and I will be back next Wednesday night with um, 
New Mexico day trips. And then, of course, Shelly will be back on Thursday at 11 with Women Conquer Business. So we'll look forward to seeing you with these other shows. Oh, and by the way. <laughs> and on Wednesday at 4, I'm at uh, Shelly Carney live stream coach. If you want to uh, talk content creation, let's get together on Wednesday at 4. You'll get a kick out of watching her first uh, of the restarted Shelly Carney live stream coach because she tells you uh, in yesterday's show why she made this decision. And I think it is a um, example of how most of us feel about, you know, what we have to go through when moving forward with some idea. And I think there's a great benefit to you listening to the um, what she was experiencing and what she did about what she was experiencing on that show. Shelly Carney, Livestream Coach. Make sure you watch it. Again, thanks for joining us today, Marianne. We look forward to future conversations with you, all right? Thanks a lot, Toby. Thanks a lot, Shelly. And best of luck to you too in this um, virtual world we all live in now. Thanks so yeah, much. We're very excited about it. Thanks. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for joining Messages and Methods Livecast Live 2.0 hosted by Shelly Carney and Toby Eunice. Please subscribe and leave a comment or question and we'll consider your ideas for future shows. Share this podcast with your family and friends so they can learn about current digital marketing practices too. Check the show notes for links and resources and please come back again next week.